what is the role of charisma, or what my guest today calls presential strength, in our evolution? What are its values and its risks? How can we develop charisma, and how does it relate to our relationship with multidimensionality? These are topics I discuss in this episode with Tatiana Motta, a Brazilian consciousness researcher, polyglot, writer and educator, who works with training and development and currently resides in Cairns, Australia. Interested in parapsychic phenomena from an early age, Tatiana has been a Conscienciology volunteer for over two decades. She was the first guest on my podcast back in 2019 when we spoke about her book on the Intermissive Course, that is, the preparation we undertake for our current life. That book is available in English, Spanish, Portuguese and Romanian. Our discussion today arises from her new book project on presential strength, a topic she has been researching since 2005. Once Tatiana explained what she meant by the concept of presential strength, I started seeing its relevance in many areas of life. This led to a very stimulating and engaging conversation, and I hope you will enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome to the Multidimensional Evolution Podcast. I am Kim McCall. The premise underpinning discussions on this podcast is that life extends beyond the physical dimension, that death is not the end of life, that we are all connected energetically with each other, both in the physical dimension and across dimensions, and that there is a purpose to our life that involves growth, healing and assistance to each other. I aim to have conversations to expand your consciousness help you reconnect with your essential self and live life as an integrated, multidimensional human being. But given the subject matter, a request. Don't believe in anything, including what is shared here. Experiment, have your own experiences and always use discernment. Yeah, so Tatiana, I would like to start with just a bit of, uh, uh, just to, to let people know, this is somewhat unusual in a sense, our conversation today, because normally when I um, interview people, they, I've read some of their, you know, a book or an article or something that, that sort of is based on their, um, their research. And today we're going to be talking about some of your current research which I don't actually know much about. So I'll be learning along with uh, everybody else who's listening, you know, which I think is, is, is good. I look forward to that. Um, and so your research is, um, uh, in English, you've called it uh, interpresential strength. And yes. so to start off with, I guess I would like to... Um, get some understanding right because I think you know as I explained to you like initially when we first started chatting I was trying to sort of different terms I was asking do you mean is it like the power of presence you know is it being powerfully present and I wasn't quite sure what you meant so I think it would be good to just actually start with what is presential strength hi Kim so first thank you so much again for inviting me to uh, to talk 
uh, in your podcast. Uh, my last experience talking about the intermissive course was really nice and uh, I'm really happy to be back here and this time to talk about presential strength. So, um, yeah, this is a very interesting theme, Kim, because to get to this, um, these two words, presential strength, they really um, have to do with these aspects I have been researching on how uh, people can use their energies to um, have a presence that is strong and that makes impact. So, for example, to, to give an idea of what presential strength is, I'm going to um, uh, ask you a question, okay? okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, have you ever experienced being with someone whose presence is magnetic? Yes, I guess, definitely. Yeah, I guess all of us have probably met someone in our lives that uh, we look at them and we just, you know, are interested to know what they are uh, going to talk about or how it's good to be close to them. And uh, this is basically why I started doing this research, because, for example, let's imagine if you were in a room with other people or a meeting or a social gathering and then someone comes in and everything just stops, you know, so the person comes in the room, uh, that person shines, they have this aura of magic and they really stand out from the crowd. And um, so people somehow are impacted by this person's presence. And sometimes everyone in the room is, is compelled to come closer to them or just look at them, you know, hear what they have to say. So for some reason, these people are just like a magnet. And that's what uh, made me intrigued in my research to, to learn why are these people uh, different in this way, you know, why do they have this strength in their presence that attracts other people? And how could uh, people uh, who don't have this kind of presence, how could they develop it, you know? So I started... Well, I wanted uh, to ask, Tantiana, were there particular people that triggered that? Were there particular inspirations, I suppose, that triggered that for you? Uh, well, first, uh, yeah, a few people since I was younger, I, uh, since I was, I was interesting to, uh, I have always been interested in learning from people, you know, like studying people, learning from their traits, what they say, their experiences. So I, I have, I have been always observing people. And I remember that at school, I used to have a teacher uh, he used to be actually my English teacher. And when he came into the room, we were like looking at him and so impressed by his presence. He was really nice. He was fun. But the most interesting thing that I never forgot is how his presence and the way he taught helped me actually learn English. How, how, you know, the, the examples he gave, how the practice, practices he, he gave to us helped me 
really learn the language. And I never forgot him. And I met him years and years later. And I told him that he was like the best teacher ever, that I had never forgotten him. And this was actually actually due to his presence. So, and, and you know, throughout my life, I have met many people who actually um, had this kind of presence that uh, intrigued me. But once in uh, around 1997, yeah, many years ago, 1997, 1998, I was a young person still, <laughs> and um, I met uh, Professor Valdo Vieira for the first time in a course. So Professor Valdo Vieira is uh, the proposer of the science conscientiology, and uh, actually presential strength is one a theory that he himself created. It's not my idea. It's something I researched from studying um, uh, him and his theory. So when I saw him for the first time, I was really impacted by his presence, like pr- probably many people. And um, there are some aspects that I really noticed that um, could make people really think. So his presence brings us this uh, clarity of mind and we are going to discuss this later today, hopefully, Kim, because uh, we have some different kinds of uh, presential strength. So Valdo Vieira is one of the examples I could, I could give to you that really drew my attention and um, made me study more about this thing. But anyway, just to, to um, def- make the definition, right, of presential strength. Uh, so this is like the magnetism of our electricity that some people have, which creates a strong presence, attracts, attracts other people's attention. And um, we can say many people say that this could be a charisma. And I agree with that. OK, charisma could be a synonym mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. presential strength or some people can call it charm or glam you know, this different uh, spice that these people have and ordinary people don't. So uh, the presidential, yes. Uh, well, I'm just, as you were saying, I think you used, I didn't quite catch the word, I think you used the word spice, did you? Um, yes. Because I, I guess as you're saying that, I'm, I'm having this sense of different flavors, right? Different flavors of presidential strength. So on the one hand, someone like Valdo Vieira, you know, a scholar, someone who 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 practices being present um to multidimensionality would be one flavor versus maybe someone who's an actor um who is you know trained and practiced to to assume a presence in a room and to be um you know take on different roles i guess might be a different flavor right i'm getting the sense that there could be different different uh, flavors of presential strength Exactly. So in my research, I noticed that um, one aspect that really makes your presence strong has to do with your bioenergies. So the bioenergies are the energies that all of us have. Uh, So we have the physical body and we have the um, energetic body as well. And uh, so the energy that we uh, 
we impose or we exteriorize in the surrounding impacts people, but the content of this energy is different. It depends on us because every person is different. Every person has different traits or strengths and the energy that we send outwards uh, has to do with our own uh, individuality. That's why you are right. Uh, this presential strength has different flavors. And for example, there are some people who have this presential strength more related to their physical body. So, you know, the, their, their image, the image they have, their style, the, the, sometimes these people who have more strength, they have uh, big bones, uh, strong muscles, uh, thick skin. This is something uh, Professor Valdo Vieira said a long time ago. And it really, uh, I was really intrigued by that. He, he, he said that these people who have more um, uh, presential strength, sometimes they have uh, this thick skin. It's like you touch the person, you feel the thick skin because they have more energy. They have more, they have bigger bones. Sometimes they have more hair in their bodies. So all these things make uh, people who have this physical uh, presential strength uh, more highlighted, you know? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, as you just said, there, there are, there's this artistic kind of presential strength strength people who for example they have the stage presence when they go to stage they are artists singers and just they steal the show uh they have like a potent voice that just makes everyone stop and watch and listen to that when they speak plus their presence plus their energy so this makes them really uh, stand out in that uh, performance if they are among other people. And uh, another kind that I can highlight to you as well is the, I, I would say, philosophical or scientific. Um, so I would give an example of Stephen Hawking, you know, the physicist, mm-hmm. cosmologist. So he's uh, he, he's been researching really, um, really broad kind of stuff or he used to right when he was alive and uh he just couldn't communicate he couldn't speak so he needed a synthesizer um but still um he was just someone who wherever he was everyone around him would stop to listen to him another one which is pretty common is the sexual one uh, you know, people who has this sex appeal, who use their energies to attract people, to seduce people. And I guess the main uh, example of this is Mar- Marilyn Monroe, I guess, still nowadays. <laughs> and I remember I read once um, someone talking about her, he, he was a photographer and he was with her. They were in this um uh, subway going somewhere in New York and she was just normal person okay he wasn't she wasn't um, um, 
like embracing the Marilyn Monroe energy. So no one really noticed her in the subway. He was with her. No one even looked at her. And there was this moment she told him, do you want to see her? She told the photographer. Mm. And he was like, what? What do you mean? And in this, at the same second, she just uh, fluffed up her hair and struck a pose. And instantly, everyone started feeling this aura she had of, you know, the sexual appeal and of Mel Marilyn Monroe. And everyone stopped, like everyone, everyone was looking at her. So this is a very strong example of the sexual, um, you know, strength she had. And we it can go to many kinds, scheme like communicative, yeah. people who use their voice. Uh, there are two, uh, one example that I wanted to, to talk about you, because usually when people talk about presential strength and charisma, they say that you need to be uh, an extrovert, you need to have a great communication, to be great with people. And sometimes it's not really the case. There are some kinds of presential strength that, are, that I, I consider paradoxical. Um, so there are people who are actually introverted, but they do have a striking presence. So it's really interesting to see that because the the presence, the, the strength of your presence doesn't presence doesn't really have to do with you being uh, an extrovert or not. It has to do with yourself, with your consciousness, with your baggage with your ideas, you know? Mm. And do you know Jane Goodall? She's a primatologist yes. and anthropologist like you. And um, she has been studying chimpanzees for over, um, I guess, 60 years. She's in her 80s now. Mm. And she she's, she's the kind of person who is like more the introvert kind, more quiet, but I dare you to watch any videos of her, anything. Just watch anything she's, when she speaks and you just feel that she just commands the show and you just want to hear what she's speaking. It's amazing. And the other one is Greta Thunberg, that environmental activist who is around 18 years old now. Yeah. Uh, she's, uh, she's got art. Uh, Asperger's, right? Uh, and uh, and she's really young, but everyone knows her. Love her or hate her, I'm sure she's probably making more than what I did at my age. So she definitely has this strength and um, in her presence, right? Mm. And we can go ahead, Kim, but yeah. I just want to leave it for you to ask me. <laughs> well, well, it does raise, it raises a number of different questions uh, for me as you were talking, you know, I'm, I, I guess um, because you, you mentioned uh, on the one hand, uh, there is this, uh, I get right, there's this presential strength that arises out of um, someone who's done uh kind of inner work, right? Someone who's overcome their inner traumas and their, their weak traits um, and who's really grounded in themselves. 
that creates uh, a foundation from which energy, our own inner energy flows and, and you know, creates this charisma and uh, presential strength, which we can use in different ways and some of us might express it more than others. But then on the other hand, some of the other examples uh, that you mentioned and uh, that I can think of, it, I feel there is a very different quality to it. So, for example, you know, an extreme example, people, many people have talked about Adolf Hitler having the capacity to mesmerize, like people were just somehow caught up when he was speaking and people would become enthusiastic and ecstatic even, right, like a cult, like a sort of cult. And, that's, and then so you can apply that to many different cult movements. Um, where clearly the person has presential strength, if, if, it's, if presential strength means charisma and, and somehow impacting people, but it's a very different uh, quality than the one, you know, coming from the person who uh, comes, say, with a, a, a cosmoethical intention versus a manipulative or controlling or, or whatever the other intention is or, or just... Um, yeah, so that's what I, that, you know, those are things that come up. I'm also thinking about sort of just, you know, Hitler is an extreme example, but just generally sort of grandiose narcissistic type of people with that condition, right, which is a psychopathology, um, are often very engaging people, right? They, they draw you in. They're, 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 there's something fascinating about their, um, the way they present themselves. Um, so I don't know in your research, like, are you taking different, are you kind of trying to um, in some way categorize, you know, presential strength on a scale from pathology to, to um, highly assistential or some other, some other sort of a way? That's a very good question, Kim. And um, so the, the, these traits, these characteristics of uh, a strong presence is something uh, we all can have, but how we use this strength, it uh, depends on our, um, our ethics, our intentions, and uh, people can use their uh, traits and their strengths in positive and negative ways. And Presential strength is a theme of research in conscientiology that we say is neutral. It could be negative or positive according to how to the way you apply those uh, skills, you know, how, how you use that uh, strength. So, of course, when you have uh, this example as you gave me as uh, Hitler, he is the kind of person that if you study his biography, you're going to see that he actually had this huge charisma, this huge magnetism. And uh, he had this power, right? His power mm -hmm. to make people believe in anything he said and do just anything he wanted. And sometimes people, uh, I've read, um, um, like people saying that after everything was over, they did not believe how they could have done 
such horrible things that they themselves would never do, you know, they wouldn't agree doing of doing. But under the influence of that leader, they just did whatever they wanted. So, and this is very common to happen. And uh, in my research, I, I say that uh, the presential strength is a neutral uh, theme of research. It could be uh, positive or negative, depending on how you use it. You apply this uh, power, let's say. But of course, my focus of research is how can we develop a positive presential strength in order to, by highlighting our presence, we are able to uh, connect with more people and assist them better, help them become, uh, you know, better people or overcome their difficulties or from uh, a positive uh, presential strength, being able to uh, assist more people, not only uh, with my uh, ideas, but with my energies as well, and in a multidimensional way, which makes a huge difference from everything I have read uh, related to charisma. So people say, why, Tatiana, why do you, why do you say you, you, uh, you know, need to research presential strength and not charisma? Aren't they the same thing? And um, it, it, uh, it is a, it is a synonym, but I have studied charisma for many years due to my research about presential strength. And they are actually synonyms, but we can say that charisma is a more popular concept that is sometimes used as a way of seducing or influencing people to do what you want. You know, I have actually read dozens of books about charisma, Kim, and actually some of them are really good ones. You know, they have a thorough research. It's really interesting to read. And but most they mostly teach you how to practice techniques to make people like you or respect you or even buy what you're selling, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, but presential strength has uh, uh, all this uh, uh, scientific paradigm that is a foundation of the research, and it's a technical concept that was actually created by uh, Valdo Vieira, right, who proposed the sciences, projectology and conscientiology decades ago. And what is important to highlight in this case? There are in, uh, you know, in this uh, scientific paradigm foundation that involves the research that I'm doing, we have some groundbreaking aspects that so far in my research, I have never found anywhere in any books that study charisma or, you know, uh, how to succeed with people or uh, executive presence or anything like that, that you can read in terms of, you know, how to have this magnetism when you are interacting with people. And though there is one that I want to highlight 
that is the bioenergies. So none of these people, these researchers, uh, talk about bioenergies and how this life is all energetic. So uh, everything that is not consciousness is energy. So we are consciousnesses. When I say consciousness, we are talking about our individuality, our essence, right? That we all have different, that makes us unique. So if we, if we, do, if we are not consciousnesses, we are using the energy. So everything is energy. And how can we use this energy to make our presence more um, uh, strong, right? And uh, for example, in if you if you study, you know, just intraphysical science, physics, you have atoms, the electrons, the protons, or what else, neutrons, right? All this stuff we learn at school. So we know that uh, now physics is even finding other extremely tiny particles. But the fact is that physics has shown that we live in, how can I say, like a notion of, of waves, right? Mm -hmm. A notion of waves. We live in a notion of waves. So in this perspective, everything is connected it's a notion of waves of energy, and we are part of this. And that's why uh, people who have uh, a strong presence and they are aware of the energies, they use their parapsychism to access these energies and these multi-dimensions. This makes them um they're present different their presence they are in they are not only uh noticing the people who are there or the intraphysical space they are noticing they are feeling the energies of that place they are feeling the energies of those people who are there and if they have a good parapsychism they are noticing what extra physical consciousnesses are in that environment what people, what other people that are not, uh, you know, um, material people, intraphysical people like us are doing there. And sometimes all this awareness makes them more, gives them more power if they have discernment and ethics and cosmoethics, as we say, to make a difference in that environment. So mm -hmm. that's why... Uh, my research focuses on how the consciousness or each of us can use the energy and understand more about the multidimensionality in order to make use of this power to assist people. So I haven't found anything like this yet in any intraphysical research or pub uh, published books on... Um, um, uh, you know, charisma, yeah, yeah. executive presence and stuff like that. So I think this is what makes a huge difference. If I say that I research charisma, it's not actually that, Kim, you know? Yes, yes. It's much more than that. It's yeah. much more broad. Well, I mean, that it makes sense, right? Because there isn't any, um, like, obviously, like, intraphysical uh, approaches just wouldn't talk about the aspects that you just named. And what is interesting, what I found interesting, when you just talked about um, 
you know, when we start working with energy and we develop our parapsychism, we notice other things in a space. But of course, presential strength is also about being noticed, right? That just happens automatically. People kind of notice someone who's got presential strength. And it's not just the other intraphysical consciousnesses that will notice uh, such a person, but also the extraphysical consciousnesses, right? They, they will also um, be drawn in some way, consciously or unconsciously, depending on where they're at, to someone with a greater energetic presence. Exactly. So there is one aspect, and I'm thinking here while you speak. So if I say something that's really like um, not you know, doesn't make sense. You just ask me, okay, Kim? Sure. So I'm, t- I'm thinking why you say, uh, and I think about epicentrism. Epicentrism, is that Epi- how you Epi- say it? Epicentrism. Epicentrism. I, I Epi- the pronunciation. Sorry. Epicent- yeah, epicentrism. Yes, you yeah. know, like you have, for example, you have the epicenter, right? Yeah. And the epicenter is, the, is where everything starts. So when we talk about um, presential strength and we are talking about this person who has this power, who is aware of, you know, the energies and the multidimensionality and they have this level of uh, ethics and assistentiality they become an epicenter of assistance. And exactly just like you said, that other people that are not intraphysical will notice that. So for uh, for example, let's imagine an intraphysical leader. Okay, you have a business, you have the boss. He's a great leader. He has charisma. He, you know, he, he can make people trust him and do the work. Good, great. But if this person is not aware of all these other aspects that are multidimensional, they are just doing um, part of the job, let's say. Or sometimes they are if they even have inspiration to do their work that is extraphysical, inspiration from extraphysical consciousnesses. They have an idea, you know, to do something to make uh, a project work better or the, the team work better. Sometimes they have an extra physical inspiration to make that happen. But for those people who are aware of this reality, they interact with the extra physical consciousnesses uh, in another level, like as if they were partners. And, um, and so... It's, uh, they become an epicenter of assistance everywhere they go. So they can go to, you know, a barbecue. Let's imagine it's the weekend. Yeah. They are invited to go to a barbecue. It's their weekend. There's nothing related to work or anything like that. So they get to that place. They can feel the energy of the, the place and they can, for example, let's imagine here, okay? They can they notice that there is a group of people who is struggling with something. The energies of that group is not very positive. They are stressed. They are discussing about something. And using their presence and their energies, they can step in that place. They can work with extra physical helpers to clean the energies of that place, to make 
some kind of assistance uh, and help those people feel better. So this is another kind of leadership that um, we don't discuss. I haven't seen this anywhere. I haven't read it anywhere besides the research of Dr. Vieira. So this is really interesting. And maybe just, just, could you just, um, because I'm conscious that when you talk about, uh, you know, clearing the energies and doing some kind of assistance, it might seem a bit abstract if somebody hasn't, you know, maybe, you know, worked with energy so much before. So could you just yes. elaborate a little bit on what, is, what does that actually mean? Yes, I, I, can, I can do that, Kim. So, um, so our energies are part of us, right? And we are interacting with the outside energies all the time. Let's imagine, I'll give you an example. If we are really stressed, it's uh, we have been working the whole week, really tired, worn out. And on Saturday morning, we are like, okay, let's go to the beach. Let's walk on the beach and, uh, you know, to get, have some sun and, and that's it. Let's do it. So after you go to the beach and you start walking there, um, after a few minutes, most of the people, almost everyone, normally feels really good and I like I I, I, la- I live really close to the beach Kim and I love to watch people and I laugh a lot because I keep I, I really like to observe people and it's really it's really fun to see people come to the beach they go into the water and like in two minutes they are laughing People are laughing to the water, they are smiling, and then they are feeling the water. And what is this? This is this happens. They might not know, but this happens because they are interacting, their energies are interacting with the energies of the nature, which are clean energies, right? They have no the, the energies of the nature are clean, they have no information. It's like a glass of water that you drink pure water and you are so thirsty and you just drink that water and you feel good. And this can happen with us as epicenters as well. If we have um, clean energies or more positive energies, we do can impact people positively. And we, we can do this by sending our energies outwards to those people or to that environment to change the atmosphere. And, um, and we can do this, of course, the best way to do it is when you are aware of that. You do it uh, using your own will, right? Because you know you are well, your energies are good. You have an extra physical backup from extra physical helpers. So um, they give you energy as well, and they give you insight and ideas on how to apply your energies to help people feel better. You know, Kim, I don't know if you have experienced that. You are, uh, probably have. I have. So one day I was really tired and I was uh, feeling you know, bad and worn out. And I came to this uh, person, I started talking to them. 
and I, ha- I had a very bad day. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I told him, I'm really stressed today. I'm, I'm very sad today. And he was like, okay, I want to hear about it. Why are you sad? And I told him, okay, I'm going to talk about this to you later. I was going to meet him later. Um, and, and he was like, okay, what, what happened? And I, I t- started talking to him about what had happened to me, why I was sad, why I was stressed. And this person just listened to me. He was really attentive, attentively listened to what I was saying. And I could feel like really his energies interacting with mine. And he was really interested. He wanted to hear what I was saying. And maybe he was not even aware. But that moment, um, that interaction we had with our energies helped me first uh, process the situation I was going through. But second, second, it made me uh, recharge my energies. And I really felt great after I finished talking to him. And this happens all the time, Kim. Sometimes we are the ones who are, uh, you know, low on our energies and by interacting with other people who have at that moment more, you know, who are more strong, they will donate their energies to us naturally. But sometimes we are the ones who are, you know, able to make this... um, donation of energies to other people but if we are aware of that if we are lucid about this reality we can do it the best way possible at the best moment with the best um, um, approach possible Mm. and not leave that interaction and feeling you know worn out because sometimes people drain our energies and we know we can feel that so how can we help so you have people? To take care of yourself as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I would like to just jump in. That example that you just gave um, is for me because you know I've I've uh, in different contexts um, had scenarios where I would have um, exactly what you describe. You know, sometimes even organized. You have like a, someone to meet with and or to to call up, and you just uh, one day you know one person shares whatever is going on with them, and the next person, the other person shares, and just having, um, or sometimes you take turns, whatever. But just having a person be present, it seems to be supportive, right? It helps. It 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 helps process. It helps shift ourselves out of places of being stuck in our own thoughts and emotions. Um, so, and that is. You know, often people in the people that I've uh, you know shared this with, who don't necessarily have any practice with energy or even have necessarily a multidimensional perspective, but they have maybe some background in just you know active listening skills or you know that sort of thing. Um, but that is a form of you know I feel it relates to the presential strength in the sense that. There seems to be a certain magic that happens when we are present to each other. Just having another person present to you. This is really interesting, Kim, because you know this example I just gave to you about this this friend who was listening to me while I was talking, and um, and there is this uh, in my research. I've I've 
I've come up with this conclusion that, um, you know, when you talk about um, presence and uh, charisma and executive presence and stuff like that, uh, people always associate this with communication, you know, the way you speak, the way you, uh, the words you say, how you, um, you communicate and stuff like that. But I found out that uh, the most important aspect of um, presential strength is uh, being present, (laughs) you know, being present. And that's why, uh, it's interesting, you know, presential strength, you have to be present at the moment. So what happens to most people? And I've seen that, and I've done that a lot as well. People are come to talk to you. And while they are talking, your mind is anywhere else, but there. You know, while while people are talking to you, you are in your mind thinking, what are you going to reply to them? What argument you are going to bring? How you are going to win the conversation or anything about your problems? You are not present. You're not present. So the most important thing is actually listening, listening attentively, you know. Sometimes, as you said, when this magic happens in the interaction is when you are really present, 100% present, and you listen to what the other person has to say. You are looking at them. You are looking at their eyes. You are, you are feeling their energy. You are listening to what they're saying without Uh, thinking how you're going to reply to them. You're just listening. And people are very anxious nowadays to, you know, to have the right answer, to have the right uh, argument. And this, um, sometimes people just, they they don't want you to tell them anything. They they want you to listen to them. (laughs) And, uh, And we have this urge to think, to speak all the time. Know, to have the right word, the right sentence, to the right say the right thing. And this is, I guess, the most paradoxical challenge in communication that I found is do not speak, shut up, listen, you know, be interested. If you are interested, if you are genuinely interested in what the other person is saying, you are gonna be interesting. So people want to be interesting by trying to find the best word to say, the best thing to say, how they're going to interact, how they're going to do their, you know, uh, what they're going to wear, what they're going to say, how they're going to do their hair. Uh, But this is not what really matters. And this is so crazy to, you know, it took me like years to understand that, Kim. Mm. (laughs) So the, the I guess this magic you talked about in terms of connection comes when you really stop, you really stop, you don't speak, you don't want to speak, you want to listen, you be quiet, you are quiet there in your in your own world, just watching the person in front of you and trying to read 
and understand what they're telling you. I guess this most evolved consciousness scheme, you know, so we have this um, uh, level of evolution that we study in conscientiology and some of the most evolved consciousnesses that we, um, we have been studying are um, evolutionologists, evolutionologists, they are consciousnesses who are um, aware of group karma, uh, group, uh, group karmas, right? Yeah, so large groups of people, right, and how they're interacted yes. across lifetimes and uh, their different existential programs and all those kinds of dynamics. Exactly. These guys, these people, they are aware of how our relations as a group happen. How is our multi, you know, uh, like throughout the multi-centuries, how we have been relating, how we have been uh, evolving together. And sometimes these groups are made of uh, hundreds and millions, thousands and millions of people. And these, these guys, they are aware of these uh, relations and I, I believe that they evolved to become evolutionologists by being developing these skills of listening and uh, building rapport with mm-hmm. people and understanding how they work, how they function. Uh, I can't help you, Kim, if I don't know what you're going through. And sometimes if you tell me, oh, I'm so tired, I'm, I'm working so much. And I'm like, oh, just do this, do that, go to the yeah. gym. You you actually don't know what's, you know, you you, you didn't stop to actually listen. And uh, and when um, I noticed that people, and especially with my interactions with Professor Valdo Vieira, I was watching him while he was speaking to people. And when someone asked a question, he would stop everything and he would look at the person and the person would speak and he would he wouldn't say anything he would just look at them i could understand i could perceive he was interacting with his energies trying to um you know feel that person create a bond and on top of this i could notice that professor valdo was also interacting extra physically with the extra physical helpers of that person who was asking the question. I don't know if it makes sense. Well, I mean, it uh, makes sense. So, to, it makes sense to me because I, I you know, I've met uh, Valdo as well, and I, I, I witnessed exactly what you describe. You know, and um, uh, I remember the first time meeting him. He seemed to spend an awful lot of time looking all around my head. Um, yes. Was a little disconcerting for me, but I had the sense that, you know, he was looking at my extra physical uh, company that I wasn't that aware of. Um, yeah, no, it definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's interesting, uh, you know, because we started when you first start talking about presential strength, we talk about kind of leaders and people that have a lot of charisma in front of groups. But what we're talking about now really touches to touches on, you know, the intimate relationship, right? If you, 
if you want to have, say, with your partner or lover, you know, if you want to create uh, a connection, it's it's what you just described. It's really being present. It's really being there, uh, you know, present to them in that moment. And that same applies with uh, a large group of people that you might be, you know, that you're addressing and that asking you questions. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why with a lot of people that have that, like uh, Professor Valdo and other other um, uh, sort of people with strong level of presential strength, many people have the sense of being seen by them, right? Many people have the sense of having a personal, intimate relationship with this um, with this figure, which again, yes. charismatic leaders of cults can abuse, right? But it's um, but it, so it's it's <laughs> it's complex. But I th- I li- it's interesting to it was interesting to hear you talk about how it goes from our intimate relationships to the bigger, you know, the evolutionary oriented kind of level of connection with people. Yes. Yeah, because what happens is that the more connected you are to someone, the more you feel intimate with someone, you 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 um, give away your uh, defense, you know what I mean? Yeah. You are more authentic. You talk about your vulnerabilities more. You you talk about how you actually feel and which is something great really it's amazing when you find someone you feel like you can talk about anything and they will uh, respect you and they will um, like you the same way no matter what you say you know but the problem is that sometimes people use this um, this um, ability to build this connection to build this rapport and uh, in uh, an anti-cosmoethical way and this is what in my research and in the book I'm writing now, I want to highlight because sometimes the person who is manipulating, who is making up people's minds, who is seducing people in an in, in, uh, anti-cosmoethical way is us. It's ourselves, yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not someone else. It's not Hitler. It's not, you know, the guru. Mm. It's ourselves in, in our little group. It could be your family. It could be your workplace. It could be your social group. And sometimes we use our power to manipulate people to do the things we want. And this is not, um, not, not cosmoethical, you know? So uh, to bring this awareness and sometimes what really what really worries me in some kind of um, 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 books and research I've, I have read in terms of charisma is that uh, they don't really uh, um, talk about this, you know? The ethics. Like, yes, the mm. ethical part, the multidimensional part, the impact you can make in people's life and into prisons, into prisons, you know, like create group karmic into prisons because maybe just explain when, what you mean, what you mean by that. What is a group I'm, I'm karmic gonna, into prison? Yes, yes. So group karmic into prisons are uh, a result of non 
ethical or non-cosmoethical um, things that we have done, right? Approaches or, for example, if I do some, if I have a group of people, let's say my family, a very simple example, and uh, for some reason I use my um, strengths or my traits in a way that I make I make harm to these people somehow. I can manipulate them. I can harass them. I am aggressive to them. I create tons of different kinds of trauma, all kinds, violence. It could be anything that is not ethical, that is not cosmoethical. Uh, as, as I said before, everything is connected and our energies are connected. So what happens is we create this interprison that sooner or later we have to get back and clean up. It could be in this lifetime, it could be in the next lifetime, it could be in the next, in the next millennia, but these things need to be cleaned up. So uh, when we do, uh, talking about now um, um, presidential strength and this, the use, like the wrong use of this power, when you manipulate law, big groups of people, you have a huge uh, trail to clean in the future, right? Yeah. And sometimes what happens is that we are born now and we have our past. And obviously, if we are evolving and we look at our past in previous lives, we definitely have done lots of anti-cosmoethical things, Right. It's inevitable. We sure have um, manipulated many people with our energies and, and tons of other stuff. And now it's the time that we have, since we are aware of this reality, right? We are aware, we are lucid, we want to make things right this time. At least I want to make things right this time, Kim. <laughs> yeah. So this makes us more responsible to every encounter we, we, we have in life. You know, if I meet someone for the first time, I stop and try to just uh, think, what can I do to help this person? What can I do not to make another mistake with this person if I have done it in the past, you know? And sometimes this happens because we see people, when we must we meet people for the first time, we feel a strange energy. Something is not quite right. And sometimes uh, this is due to some relationships in the past. And sometimes we did something, we messed up. It's time to clean it up, you know? So every new people I meet, I always try to make this connection and, and, and try to understand what is what is our relationship you know what is our relationship from the past and sometimes you can just meet someone and just be uh at the moment we see them and look at their eyes we know we've known these people for a long 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 time you know and it's just a matter of catching up and being friends again and you know going ahead with the relationship but sometimes not we have to clean 
And uh, why not using all this power the right way this time? You know, why not? And this is what makes a huge difference. If you ask me, Tatiana, why should uh, we learn? Uh, you know, how should we develop? Why should we develop a presential strength? If this brings so much problems, so many problems, right? So much trouble. Uh, we could be uh, using this the wrong way and people learning this and making uh, other people's lives a hell, you know, uh, because we, we are aware now, we are more mature now. We are able to use um, our energies, to use our ideas, to use, to apply our um, best traits to help people to make people uh, evolve as well, to make people be more aware of, you know, what they need to do in this life. Do they have a life project? What are they doing with their lives? Why are they uh, not happy with their lives? How can I help them change this somehow? And if we don't, if we are shy, if we are an introvert uh, person, if we don't know how to speak, if we, if we don't know how to build rapport, if we don't know how to attract people to listen to us, how can you, can we use our energies to make a difference in people's lives? You know, so we have the tools. So and I guess we have to feel, you, you have to feel, um, because one thing that occurred to me is that I think a lot of us, um, uh, you know, have to go through this phase of feeling inhibited about stepping out, you know, about, um, you know, increasing our reach, about increasing our voice, about increasing our presence. Um, so I guess that's the first step, right, is overcoming our own inhibitions in that regard and, and assuming more responsibilities. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to yes. Go ahead, Yeah, and I was going to ask, and then if we come to that, you know, how do we how do we do this? How does one develop one's presential strength? Yes, uh, yeah, that's a, a great question. And while you were speaking, I was uh, remembering. I'm going to tell you a little story, quick story. So when I was a child, I used to be really shy, and all my family members are outgoing. It's horrible. I tell people I was the only one who was born wrong. Right. <laughs> so everyone is outgoing. My dad is amazing. My mom, uh, sister, brothers. So they are all outgoing people. And I was really shy. And that, that made, like, I felt really bad, of course. Mm. Uh, but what intrigued me and stressed me the most was that... Since I was a child, even if I sorry, Tatiana, sorry, you in silence, people would look at me. So at school, sorry, yeah, sorry, you were just breaking up a lot. so, so maybe you could just start again with saying since since I was a child, because that sort of got lost. Oh, okay, yes. So I was uh, I was talking to you about the story when I was a child, 
because um, people would notice me even though I was in silence, you know, uh, they would uh, want me to do like the main character of the school dance performance, things like that. And I was in total shock because I was so shy. And uh, I obviously hated speaking in public. So how did I change that? So I, when I found out about my role in this lifetime, you know, my life project that I had to undertake in this life, and I understood that my relation with education is long. It's a long relation throughout lives, multiple lives, you know. And uh, I noticed that to realize my life project now, I would need to use my communication and connection with people. So I had to face a very challenging process of uh, exactly what you had just said, you know, uh, dealing with my self-confidence, overcoming my fears to talk in public, to, to be heard, to share my ideas. And this was really hard. But what showed me was that I always had a strong presence, but I wanted to hide it so bad because I was shy. But people would notice in my energies. They would see me even though I wanted to hide it. So, and after I started teaching Conscientiology, uh, I, I noticed how my, my presence was strong while I was teaching and how the ideas that I shared made a difference in some people's lives. And this was like a, a bomb of energy, you know, for myself yeah. that helped me keep, keep me going, you know? And the funniest thing, Kim, is that while I was teaching or every time I teach, every time I'm, I'm talking to people um, and sharing my ideas, I feel so big. My ideas are so good. You know, I have so many ideas, my creativity and stuff. I feel so confident, full of energy. And when the class is over, and people see me outside of the classroom, it's so common for people to come to me and say, wow, you're so tiny, so short. <laughs> when I saw you up there, you looked gigantic. It's so funny, Kim, because I hear this all the time and I'm really short, you know me, right? Yeah, yeah, well, I don't get that. I wouldn't get that. <laughs> I'm a short person, but people somehow, while I'm using my presential strength, yes. I look big. Why? Because I, 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 well, my size is the same. Okay. It's not going to change, but it's the energy that I, I use while I'm doing this work of assistance. So how can we do that? How can we de develop these skills? Right? So there are some practical things that I've uh, studied and I've researched that maybe I can share to help people actually um, first, know, uh, get, get to know if they have presential strength, and second, um, um, develop their, their uh, presential strength, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, some questions I like to ask people, and I, I will use you as a guinea pig, okay, Kim? Okay. 
So the first question is, are you approached by strangers on the street asking you for information? And does it happen a lot? Uh, for example, if you are walking on the street, people stop you to ask you what time is it or to ask you, do you know where um, I can get to the supermarket or anything like that? Yeah, it happens pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting. This is one, one item, okay, one sign of how, how your energy is strong is so strong that attracts other, other people around you like a magnet. So this happens to me all the time as well. So this week, this happened twice for you to, uh, to have an idea. Mm. You know, these uh, people stopped me on the streets to ask for information. And, and it was really interesting because the street was full of people and they came looking at me from, from afar. And I was like, okay, they are coming. I know they are going to ask me something. And this really happened. Second question, Kim. Um, so uh, you... I, wonder, I wonder about that one, though, also whether, you know, there's like a, an openness, you know, like I'm just looking at your um, profile picture here on my Zoom screen. And, you know, you have a lovely smile. You see, you look very open, right? And I, you know, I, I think I'm very open too, right? So that's that. Whereas a lot of, you know, if you're in your head and if you're worried about stuff, then your, your energy is more closed and more inward. Um, so I wonder if that's an aspect as well, right? This sort of an, ex, uh, an externally focused energy and openness. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Mm. So um, this uh, warmth, you know, this warmth that comes with your energy And of course, everyone wants to interact with people that they feel um, comfortable with, right? So people who are like closed, they are closing their own world. This reflects on their energy. Their energies are closed as well. And when you are open and you have the first, I guess the first um, impression you give to someone If they are going, if they are thinking about approaching you or not, is your smile, your face, right? Yeah. So it's very common for people to talk about my smile. This is something else. If I go to the supermarket and people talk, I talk, I usually go to the same places. So I, I basically know the people who work because I interact with people a lot and they talk about my smile and how they feel like. Oh, I, I, I feel like I want to talk to you, you know, something like this. So um, being uh, open in your mind, in, like having a uh, mindset to interact with people will impact your energies the same way. So your energies are going to be more expanded. Your energies are going to be more, um, they tend to expand to the whole environment where you are in a few like maybe uh, like um, one two meters by like between two and four meters okay so the more you are open the more your energies expand and people feel that and people will be attracted to your energies they will look at you they will um, uh, try to come and ask you something if they are looking for some information So this is really important to have a thing. So how is your, like your, 
a mindset in terms of open, being open to interact with people. Mm. Some people are just closed. You know, another example, Kim, another question for you. When you go to a restaurant and you sit to, you know, you sit in the restaurant or you go to a cafe, uh, do you have a bunch of waiters coming to you to take your order? <laughs> or you are just there waving your hands and no one sees you there? <laughs> <laughs> this happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this, yeah. Yeah, I don't, know that, I don't know that I have a clear answer to that. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I think usually... People just come. I mean, I wouldn't say a bunch of people, but you know. Yeah. Know. So have a yeah. It's a good experiment. This is like real, like practical experiments. And this, I made these questions based on my own experience. Yeah. Okay, Kim. So sometimes, so, so, so when you have, so when nobody, so basically, I mean, it's the understanding that if assuming it's a normal restaurant and they're not just like one one person who's both in the kitchen and having to serve, right? Um, then if no so if nobody comes in a regular restaurant that they have waiting staff and so on you're saying there's a you know it reflects something about where we're at energetically exactly exactly so i had experiences where i i entered and i had like many people looking at me and coming to ask me like you know to serve me but i also had moments when i was like hello I'm here <laughs> and no one would look at me because my energies were so closed, you know, and I was so like in, in my introvert mm. moment, you know. So you would identify uh, that in those moments? Would you then go like introspectively go, okay, here's yes, what's happening totally. for me? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So this, and, and this uh, is not, um like depending on the moment of course our energies change so if we see the repercussions of our energies we can have also an idea of how we are you know by studying the energies the impact of our energies around um so yeah and these are these, these are some things that i would another thing uh do you have like a predisposition to fortune good coincidence serendipity sometimes people who have a lot of energy and they have this presential strength sometimes these things happen to them like uh you know the lucky lady yeah <laughs> uh, the lucky lady smiles at you so i remember this lady day i was at yeah i was at the airport going to take a, this flight and this at this moment the airport staff called me my name and I was like, oh, my goodness, what happened? Something is wrong with me. Oh, no. And I went to the desk and they told me, oh, I have, we have good news. We are going to give you an upgrade to business class today. Uh, congrats. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, uh, of course, I know it's not because of my smile. Okay. Yeah. There is a whole story behind this. I know I was going to, to this uh, course which was super um, relevant in terms of assistance, a lot um, energy related and uh, serious work being done. And I knew it was not because of myself, unfortunately. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I was lucky to someone just call me and give me an upgrade to business class on that specific trip to that specific kind of 
uh, work I was going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes, yeah. Well, that's an interesting. Anyway. I mean, that's interesting in the sense that I I would associate, um, uh, especially with um, travel for those kinds of things. Like when I've when I've traveled for uh, growth opportunities, you know, trainings and learning opportunities around um, multidimensionality or even just deep inner work in different ways. Um, those trips have always really been surrounded by all kinds of synchronicities um, exactly. usually around not i haven't been upgraded to business class but more like um just sitting next to really interesting people you know meeting you know, meeting random people having opportunities arise um to i don't know like take actions or, or just uh having really enriching interactions that just seem to flow and there's this distinct feeling of flow right like things just move super smoothly um so i i I guess i I thought of that in a different way but i i guess it would relate to that presential strength which which raises another question that i had um because i I suppose in those instances i often feel like i'm being really supported a lot extra physically and um and all kinds of situations are orchestrated extra physically and so I was curious with the teaching. So when I, um, whenever I teach conscienciology in particular, um, I, you know, I always feel very much the presence of the helpers and to, to the extent sometimes that I almost feel like I'm just a mouthpiece. Like sometimes I surprise myself and I'll say things and I go, oh, that's a really interesting thing to think about, you know, like that kind of thing. So then I wonder the influence of extra physical consciousnesses on our presence, right? To what extent is our intraphysical presence uh, influenced by that? Yes, this happens a lot. And I guess um, one aspect that makes a huge difference is whoever you are, wherever you are, when your intention is to help someone or a group of people, uh, there is a large a big probability that you are going to have an extra physical help for you to achieve that goal right uh, we are talking you and me here kim about being uh you know concentrology teaching and stuff but this can happen to a- about anyone mm-hmm. if you have a good intention and you have uh you know the goal to help it could be one person. Sometimes you are a counselor, you know, you have your, your client over there, you want to help them. Sometimes you are a teacher, you're teaching children. You Sometimes you, you are going to visit your grandmother and you, you are there and you feel that she needs, uh, you know, she's needy, she needs your love, she needs to be there and you want to help her or any, any situation, basically. When you have the intention and uh, the aim to help someone, you might have this extra physical backup to help you. And how does this happen? First, you have more energy because it's not only your energy anymore. Sometimes it's your energy plus the energy of the extra physical helpers, right? And the energy they concentrate to um, uh, give you in order to help you undertake that task right so you have more energy uh second you have ideas that you normally wouldn't have 
you are more creative, you associate ideas better, and, uh, and you come to different conclusions as well. So this happens a lot uh, with this kind of situation. And the third thing is that um, your, your uh, energy, like the power of your energy, the strength of your energy, the power of your presence is really, really intensified. So people are going to see you more. People are going to be attracted to you more. That's when we need to be very aware of how we are going to use this power in a cosmoethical way, right? Mm. And uh, and uh, so this is the, I guess these three things can happen when we are undertaking an assistential kind of task. And this is that's why I told you when I finish classes or anything that I you know need to show more my my energies. Yeah. And people look at me and they're like, "You are the one who was up there." I don't believe it. <laughs> Yeah. So this is like, yeah, this is because of all the ener energetic backup we all have when we are actually uh, dedicated to do some kind of assistential work. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, we're sort of having to wrap it up slowly, but I feel like we, we you started, um, you know, listing some things that people, we can do practical steps, we can do to yes. develop our presential strength. And then I had to, you know, sort of go ahead with that. Those. but it would be <laughs> nice to just finish with that. I think to give people some practical uh, tools. Uh, yes. Perfect. So if you want to um, uh, repel or block your presential strength, uh, you can, for example, smoke. <laughs> so people who smoke um, naturally repel people. It's obvious, right? It's something obvious, intraphysical. It's nothing um, like extra physical or anything like that because a cigarette is a natural repellent of people, right? Um, smell. So if you smell bad, people are not going to be wanting to be close to you, obviously. But there are some things as well. For example, incorrect posture. This is some, if, um, if I could give one tip to any person on earth, especially the young people, uh, is about posture. We are not primates anymore, right? We are not chimpanzees anymore. So we can, we should walk straight, not curved. And now in this makes a huge, huge difference. I am, I'm really walk when I walk, I really walk straight. And it's so funny, Kim, people look at me on the street and I, I, it's really interesting experiment. Just try it. Mm. Uh, another point that is really important that blocks uh, your presential strength is anxiety. People who have anxiety are not are never present, right? They are they are in the future. They are always overthinking. They are thinking about the future. They are never present in the moment. So, if for some reason you have anxiety, it's really important that you work on this. Look for help. Um, you know, try to find techniques to deal with your anxiety so you are more present. So we are inter when you are interacting with people. You just 
are there for them a hundred percent, you know? Another that's, thing that's quite is, a big one, right? That's a bit bigger than addressing the, your smell um, uh, in a way. Yes. But yes, I yes, agree. It's definitely. Important. I'm going on from like the sim- most simple to the most complex yeah. uh, aspects. Another one is um, the self-encapsulation. What does it mean? When you are closed, you know, in yourself, and you don't interact with people. And this usually happens when people are not, uh, don't have self-confidence or they are really afraid of being judged or they are not, um, they are not very aware of their strengths and they just close because they don't want to be, you know, um, criticized. So this really blocks your energy and uh, you don't have, you just don't have, your presence is, is just not there, right? Another thing is inauthenticity. So, so if you're not authentic, people will notice. So there is a, a, a research that talked about, asked about what, what you like, the least about people, what annoys you the more about people is when they talk too much. Is it when they are very, you know, show off, they are boasting themselves or when, or is it when they are fake? And most of people said that they don't like when people are fake. So if you are not authentic, people will notice, right? And it, it, if you are inauthentic or if you're being fake, you're pretending you are great, you're pretending you can communicate, uh, you know that fake it till you make it? Yeah. Please don't follow this. Just make it, make it, make it <laughs> until you master it, okay? Don't fake it. Be authentic. Just feel free to say, really, I don't know. I feel bad. I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed, but be yourself. This will make, allow you to connect with people. And this is what makes your presence strong, right? Uh, and how to potentiate your presential strength. So a few things. We talked a lot about, about this today, Kim. Be present, right? Look people in the eye. If you, if you talk and you don't look at people in the eye, you just are not able to establish an energetic connection. Mm. And this is super important for any kind of connection you have, right? Uh, Listen to people, don't speak, listen. This is super important as well. Another aspect, and that has really to do with the epicentrism that we talked about, Kim, develop your existential potential. You know, care for people, get out of the, the, how do you say that? The trenches of your belly button, the trenches, uh, right? When the, you are in a war. Yeah. Get out of the trenches of your belly button. Look around, look at people. How can you help them? You know, the most, the people who have more energy, like have more charisma are the ones that when they talk to you, you feel as if, and they listen to you, you feel as if you are the most important person in the world, you know? So 
And this happens when we re- when this person really cares about us. So that's why we need to care for people, you know? Yeah. Another point, self-confidence. Value your strengths, you know? If there's something you don't like about your life, about yourself, just change it. Because people who are who don't have self-confidence, they are not um, strong enough to... Uh, it bothers them when people are around them and looking at them and expecting that they will say something, right? Uh, and don't waste your time with... Uh, the outside, you know, stuff, like whether you look fat or thin, young or old, this really doesn't matter for presential strength. You know, when I meet someone, I really love to hear them speak and see what is in there, in their brains. Mm. So what is in your brain? What What is in there? People, The world wants to know. What, what do you have to share in the world, you know? So when people are confident, they are being they will be comfortable to share that and this is what will actually attract people in a positive way right it's the positive uh presential strength that is the main thing i i research and um and the the last thing i think would be helpful for people to like put into practice is willpower you know mm. i guess Energy is power, right? Is will. Will is the first uh, power of the consciousness. So if you have the will, willpower to make things happen, you have to put energy, right? Sometimes people say, oh, but my job is, I I need the money or, oh, my relationship is like this. It's not going to change. Or uh, my my relation with my family is horrible, but it, it has always been like that. It's like this. I have to just live with that. Uh, and it's not, not like that. I always tell people, remember, there is something in your life that you really, really wanted. Weren't you able to make it happen? Yes, you were, right? So if you could make that happen... You can make anything happen if you really want to. So use your willpower to make it happen. And when you you make this happen, especially things that have to do with, um, you know, your uh, in it ideas, your motivations, your life project, this gives you a bunch of, you know, motivation and energy and people will notice that, Right. And if you don't have a life project, go find one because having all this energy and this presential strength for nothing, just to seduce people and to manipulate people, it's not really what we are talking about here, right? Mm-hmm. Let's use this, this, uh, this power to actually make a change in the world, wherever you are, in your community, uh, in your work, with your, the people you lead with your group, your family, or whoever you are, whoever is around you, right? I guess that's it, Kim. Yeah, that's really great. It's a really interesting research. And what do you think? When are you you're working on a book? When you what's your plan? Yes, you have a plan? I'm, I'm really excited about my book. It's um uh still there's a lot of 
a lot of work to go to do. But yeah. hopefully by the end of this year, I'll have the first draft and work on it for next year. Uh, that's my, my um, you know, goal. Yeah. Uh, and still reading a lot of stuff and doing a lot of research every single day. Uh, but it's it's going to happen, Kim. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, look, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think it's a, so rich, such a rich research topic. And, yeah, thanks so much for sharing your, your insights. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kim, for, for this opportunity. And uh, I wish you a great day. I really hope you got some value out of today's episode. If you did... Why not leave a positive review on iTunes and share it on social media to help others find it? The tune Seeing Us Out is another one from Axel Teslev. This one is called Akasha. You can find more information about today's guest on my website, multidimensionalevolution.com, including any links to their work and their contact details. On my website, You'll also find my blog and information and reviews about my book, Multidimensional Evolution, which you can purchase in any good bookstore if you want to show your love for this show and get practical info for your own exploration of consciousness. Finally, please get in touch, whether it is to ask questions, share experiences, or suggest guests and topics. I always love hearing from people, as I believe it is through sharing with each other that we can all grow together. Until then, or until you tune in again, I am sending you my very best energies. <laughs>